from ministry to Hollywood and all things in between. Actor T.C. Stallings helps us explore today's issues through a biblical lens. Let's dive in to TCS Live. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the TCS Live show. So happy to be with you. What a blessing to be able to just wake up this morning and just make it through another week. God is good. And I thank him for his grace and his mercy. And I hope that you do the same thing each and every day. You open your eyes. You've already got your first blessing. I want to dive right in. And we're talking about judging other people. And we're talking about just judging in general. And we're talking about Christians doing the judging. And I think a lot of people don't understand that biblically, Christians are called to judge. We just got to make sure we're judging the right thing. We got to make sure we're judging from a biblical standpoint. And when we're talking about judging, we're not talking about playing the role of Jesus. You know, we're not pl- talking about playing the role of God. This is this is the, the judge, the judge of, uh, of your salvation. This is the one that can put you in a heaven or a hell. We're, we're not talking about that. What we're talking about is literally what, what people tend to get into here on earth. You know, when we talk about don't judge me, only God can judge me. And, and that type of talk. And in many cases, Christians can be very, very judgmental. The problem is we're judging the wrong people and we don't realize what Scripture says about who we should be judging. Because it's not people that don't know Christ, that's living in sin, that's struggling with being believers, that don't really get into scripture, don't really pray that much at all, don't have a relationship with Jesus, we tend to do the most judging on these kinds of people. That is biblically wrong. That is biblically wrong. It's actually doing damage. And for whatever reason, it seems to make people that are Christians feel good too. You know, you calling out this person's sin. You, you, you making it known. You know, you, you, you getting on them, you, you rebuking this, you rebuking that. And, you know, and, and you, you get on the world and, and you, you don't like the world, you hate the world. And, but what you don't realize is Jesus had a completely different approach. He didn't water down himself. He didn't become sin to win souls or anything like that. He stayed true to message. He stayed on point. He stayed obedient to the Father. He stayed obedient to Scripture. He stayed obedient to His purpose. He was a true, true man of of God about His Father's work. But He treated the world completely different than what we see today from a lot of people who call themselves Christians. And we are judging the wrong people. We're going to see from in Scripture, it tells us It's not the world we should be judging. That's God's job. It's the church. It's it's our fellow brothers and sisters that call themselves Christians that we are to be holding accountable for doing just that, following Christ. And that's what's truly meant by judging. It's not judging like you're going to hell type of judging. It's judging in terms of uh, I got to hold you accountable. It's judging the situation. Like, is what you're doing biblical? Is what you're doing what God will want you to do? Is what you're doing scripturally right? Is what you are doing 
uh, becoming of a Christian, like that is the judging that we're talking about. But we, again, a lot of Christians tend to take that standard and apply that kind of pressure to the world who they aren't even capable at that point of, of obeying Scripture, obeying God, obeying Jesus, obeying the Holy Spirit. A lot of times they don't even have the Holy Spirit. They need something completely different. They need love and patience and discipleship. And that's what we should be, you know, coming down on them with. But instead, we come down with condemnation and judgment. And that's not what we learn to do in Scripture. And there's so many examples of this that we can look at. I'm just going to hit us with a few. Um, but again, remember what, what I'm getting at here, because this is very, very important. Christians are called to judge. It's just not the world where we put most of our effort into. It's our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ in which instead of judging that situation and confronting them, a lot of times you see that they, we protect our brothers and sisters in Christ. We don't call them out. We don't want to, I don't know, we don't want to embarrass them or expose them or whatever the case may be. But when we read in scripture, there's a way to handle these type of situations. But we just avoid it altogether. And instead, we, we just, like I said, we pressure the world. But we give a pass to so many people within the faith. And all that does is just produce bad results. It gives Christianity a bad reputation. And God is not happy with that. It's not the example we see in Scripture. Just to name a few people that from, from Scripture we see that were more so worldly or sinful. Let's see how Jesus handled these situations. I'll start with, with, with our brother Zacchaeus. You read about Zacchaeus in Luke 19. Now, y'all know I don't generally read a bunch of Scripture on here because I, I want you to go into Scripture and read it for yourselves. I want to create, you know, Bible students here. So Luke 19, you go read Luke 19. You're going to read about Zacchaeus. Some of you know Zacchaeus, the guy that was really short and jumped up in a sycamore tree so he can get a better view of Jesus because he, he wanted to talk to Jesus about getting his life right. And again, Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector. So people hated this guy. And obviously, obviously he's cheating people out of his taxes. He's not, he's not a Christ follower. He's not, you know, doing the things of God or anything like that. So just think of that. He's not, he's not a, a man of faith. Like he's, that's not his thing. He's just in the world and people hate him, right? You bring him into our world today. People would just jump, jump in on that. They'd be judging him and hating him. And, you know, he's a bad guy and he's no good and stay away from him and all of that. But what did Jesus do in scripture? Jesus reached out to Zacchaeus and, and Zacchaeus put himself in a position. He chased, he basically chased Jesus down. Jesus says, Zacchaeus, I need to, I need to, I need to come and eat with you. I need to talk to you. Zacchaeus was hungry for the truth. Jesus got with him and gave it to him. And Zacchaeus ended up saying, look, whatever I've done, you know, if I've cheated people out of their money, I, I, I want to pay it back and, and then some with interest. So here's Zacchaeus wanting to change his entire life. Now, look, now, look how that whole thing happened. If Jesus had treated Zacchaeus the way Christians today tend to treat those 
who are doing wrong in the world, then Jesus would have either either passed him by or talked about him on social media or, you know, I don't know, wrote a sermon about him. All these all these terrible tax collectors out here in the world today and, you know, ain't no good up to no good. I'm glad I don't do that like that type of stuff. Instead of reaching out to these kinds of people, understanding that they need. They need guidance. They need they need a situation in which you show love and grace and mercy and you have that conversation with them and it could lead to a changed life. That's what happened with Zacchaeus. Just read read that in, in Luke chapter 19. Another example, Matthew, we did another tax collector. And we know that that Jesus ended up having a meal with this guy. Again, a lot of people, you know, they, they see you sitting down with a uh, with someone who's known to be a sinner, again, they're judging that situation, but that will have no clue of what's going on. Now, again, I'm I know a lot of people use this this Matthew situation uh, with Jesus sitting down with Matthew and, and the other sinners. They there's a lot of people that use this scenario as a example so that they can just do sinful things. And what I mean by that is, you know, I know a lot of people in my profession, uh, you know, me being a professional actor. A lot of people want to jump in some uh, really, really bad movies, you know, rated R with the, with the cussing and the, you know, the sex and the nudity and all of that stuff and try to say stuff like, well, you know, Jesus ate, ate with the tax collectors, so I need to get in there, too. And, it, and it's just like, nah, you're really doing that just so you can get a check and get in a movie and so on and so forth. You can't use Jesus's example um, in that vein because it's not even the same. Remember, Jesus ate with the tax collector. He ate with sinners and was on on a mission and he never became sin. Like he didn't start collecting taxes with them. He didn't start sinning with them. He didn't start doing what they do. No, he, he ate a meal, which there's no sin in eating a meal with someone who needs to know who Jesus is. With someone who needs to hear truth, you know, and so when you when you go and do a movie that's against what God would want you to do, you just you literally went into a sinful situation and start sinning in an attempt to win the heart of a sinner. That doesn't even make sense. So no, you don't have to. If if if, if let's just use me, so I wouldn't go with um, if there's someone I wanted to reach in my industry. I'm not going to go looking for the rated R movie that they're in or the, you know, the in the, 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 the NC-17. I think that's the rating. <laughs> this is just a really, you know, explicit film. I'm not going to go and look to get in that just so I can gain an opportunity to sit down with this person, have a meal and talk about Jesus. No, I'm in the industry. Maybe I reach out and just say, hey, I might be in the area. Would you like to grab a coffee? You know, would you like to grab lunch? I want to talk to you. Something like that. So I'm still with that actor. We still going to talk about Jesus. I'm still going to graciously give that truth, get to know him, whatever need to happen. But I didn't I'm not in a sinful situation by sitting with that brother or sister because I'm not I'm not doing the dirty film. No, we're having dinner. And then all the onlookers out there and a lot of times as Christians be judging that situation. That's you're in the wrong. Because I'm doing what Jesus would do. 
And that's what we're supposed to be doing, not judging that situation. We're supposed to be actually talking to this person and helping them out. Jesus said it this way in, in Matthew. He said it's the healthy folks that, no, he said it's the sick that need a doctor, not the healthy. It's the sick that need the doctor, not the healthy. So, you know, you're spending all your time with people who know Jesus because that's where you're most comfortable. And there's so many people that don't know Jesus. And instead of spending time with them in a controlled, unsinful way, you're judging them. We're judging them. Look at that person. Look at them. They on their way to hell. They this, they that. As opposed to finding a way to connect with them in a unsinful situation and helping them change their life. They're sick. They need a doctor. You're a doctor. (laughs) You know, air quotes here. You're a doctor with the medicine. You know, the Bible and Christ and the Holy Spirit and Jesus and God, that's the medicine. You're supposed to be giving this to the sick person, which is the sinner. Instead, you you just hanging out with other Christians. Y'all just playing hacky sack with the medicine. You know, you just just keeping it for yourselves, you know, and, and, and instead of going and giving it to this person. And it's funny, if you really break that down and, and make that real, like a hospital, can you imagine there's a bunch of sick people in a real hospital, just got all kinds of different, different diseases, and you see the doctors taking all the medicine to the rooms where people are, or, are healthy. Uh, you know, they're taking the medicine to the other doctors and the nurses and just other healthy people, people that are kind of maybe they're they're already healthy. They're checking out of the hospital and, you, and, and doctors are like, here, take this medicine home with you. And you got the sick wing. No one's going down there. Instead, they're judging. They're like, oh, man, it, it stink down that hallway. Uh, it, it's a lot of moaning and groaning down that hallway. I can't even stand all of that. It's all kinds of viruses. I ain't nobody going over there. That, that is a mess. No, you're supposed to put on your your, your 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 hazmat suit and go in there and and save people. Ain't supposed to judge that wing, but that's what we tend to do. This is so important that we understand this because it happens so much to where those who don't know the Lord, those who are sick, those who really need it, gets the most judgment. But then those who 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 know the Lord and are healthy. In that area, but they can be they misuse it. They misuse the medicine. They they are sinning all in their own lives, but they just happen to be Christians. They are the ones that tend to get the pass. And man, that's a problem. That's who we should be judging. You're listening to the Edify Podcast Network. We'll be right back. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. This is the Edify Podcast Network. Welcome back. Let me give you a couple of more examples. Um, you got the, the adulterous woman in John 8. This, this is the situation where they're about to stone her. 
she she has sinned. She's she's an adulterous woman, and everybody's about to stone this woman. We all are a lot familiar with this story where Jesus says, you know, whichever one of you is without sin, go ahead, cast first stone. They drop their stones. They walk off. Jesus is like, you know, where are your accusers? You know, your condemners. She's like, no one's condemning me. He says, I don't condemn you either. Now go and sin no more. That's a great example of Jesus didn't join in the mob and start stoning the woman. Like, yeah, y'all right. She's adulterous. Let's let's take her out. Didn't do that. He actually showed her the grace, the mercy, the love that she needed. But he did not support her sin in the process. He said, go sin no more. But it's not about to let these religious, pious folks sit up here and just condemn her. No one offered her any love, any help, any anything. Jesus modeled what we should do. And and again, it's the religious folks. It's the it's the it's the church folks. You know, that that again, this is a sick person. You gotta go and offer help and offer healing. This is not Jesus did not judge this woman. He said, I don't condemn you. You didn't know any better. Now you do. Go and sin no more. You gotta stop this. But I'm not about to let these folks, you know, kill you, hurt you, not help you. And notice that they were coming at coming at her with the law. The law says adulterous women, adulterous people got to die. And they were ready to carry out that law. No, forget how she got there. Forget, you know, any of that. Just you broke the law. But we don't even do that within our own church. Because I've seen cases where, you know, a lot of people that are, you know, preachers or teachers or, you know, church folks or church friends or whatever, you try to cover for those people. No, those are the people who know better. Those are the people that you need to be pulling aside and having a really strong conversation with. You know, these other folks, you should be showing love and being in a position to show an example because they don't know. They're sick. You can't expect healthy actions from a sick person. Again, hospital things. Somebody coming to the hospital, they got all kinds of things wrong with them they're falling all over the place they're throwing up they're all there i mean they're sick can you imagine the doctor saying man stand up and walk get up get up ain't nothing wrong with you or or better yet why are you coming in here with all of that shouldn't you be somewhere working no i can't work i'm sick look at me no i can't take care of my family i know i got five kids but look at me i'm throwing up my insides are on the floor i'm all messed up and you're telling me to go work what that what kind of that doesn't make any sense does it I know that's a little, a very out there example, but you get what I'm saying. It doesn't make any sense. And, it, and it's the same thing when it comes to, you know, non-believers versus believers. Believers and people with scripture and are studying it and claim it is the ones you can hold accountable for certain actions. Those who don't know, it doesn't make sense to hold them for what they hold them accountable for what they don't know. Those that are, are growing or twisted the scriptures or kind of don't got it all the way, you can't, you shouldn't be holding them accountable for that. You should be showing them the example, having patience and grace and love and helping them to get there. And you need to do it without sinning yourself so that you remain a solid example that they can actually follow. They want to see somebody actually doing it the right way. Here's another uh, person. But again, if you want to read the Samaritan woman, check out, check out John 8 for the adulterous woman. John 8 for the adulterous woman. We're going to John 4 now. The Samaritan woman at the well. Read in John 4. The Samaritan woman. Uh, Jesus is at the well. He has a conversation uh, with the Samaritan woman. Now, if you know scripture, uh, Jews did not associate with Samaritans. 
It, it didn't happen. So Jesus, just by talking to this woman, the woman was blown back like he shouldn't be talking to me. But he had a conversation with her, took time to let this woman know that he he knew her. He knew her sin. You know, before she was cool to have a conversation. When you read this, you're going to see she was cool to have a conversation at first. They're just kind of talking, talking about water. And he, he's talking about living water, talking about changing her life. She think he's talking about regular water, but they're just having this conversation. Jesus took the time to let her know, hey, I know you. And when he started to dig in on her sin and she didn't even know that, you know, he would even know that she realized she's dealing with a prophet. She's like, oh, boy. And now she's uncomfortable. And, you know, you, you start squirming and everything. But they went on and had that conversation. And Jesus was sitting there pouring into her at that well. Not he, He's like, look, you sleeping with other men. You got other men. You with a person now that ain't even your husband. He's just just calling out the sin. But the, but it, it, this is all in a process of letting her know what she really needs. You know, what could change her life. And they're having this conversation. By the end of this conversation, she goes off and tells everybody about Jesus and what he said and how he changed her life. And her testimony ended up changing other people's life. It's just a ripple effect. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing. He didn't judge that woman. He showed the most amazing kind of love you can show because he sat there, you know, the sin got called out. But it's like, here's how you fix all of that. Have that conversation. And, and I'm someone that 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 shouldn't even be talking to you if I act like the world, because the world would stick to the to the whole traditions. We don't talk to Samaritan, Samaritan women. We don't do that. No, she's beneath. No, she. But Jesus is thinking the same way with with the with the adulterous woman. This is a sick woman. And I'm going to I'm going to show her how to heal her entire life. And he does that. And he has that conversation. He ain't worried about the, what the world thinks. Shows that love. And she gets this message, shares it, and now many other people are now, uh, lives changed. Perfect example of what we're supposed to do. Didn't judge the woman, helped her heal. Another one, the centurion. The faith of the centurion. The, the, this is a Roman, Roman so, soldier, Gentile Roman soldier. And you can read about that in Matthew 8, of the centurion. Remember, you can read in, in, in John 4 about the Samaritan woman. Read that. Read that story. But uh, Matthew 8, the centurion. This is you know, this centurion did, hated Roman soldier. They, oh, they were oppressive. You know, nobody liked them. And uh, Jesus is, is, is in, in their area, just, just healing, just being Jesus. And obviously this centurion had heard about that because he chases Jesus down. And now he wants Jesus to do some healing for him. And he obviously heard, had heard of Jesus's healing power. Otherwise, how would he know? And this is why this is important, because we as Christians have to be what the Bible says we're supposed to be. We got to be kind of living it out. Jesus was living it out. And by living it out, someone who is a sinner and an and, and oppressive Roman soldier decides that he wants what Jesus has. And the only way he even knows that is because Jesus is just being Jesus, just doing what he's supposed to do. And now he wants he wants this. So he, he, he chases his G Jesus down and tells Jesus what he needs and shows an extreme amount of faith in it. And he had to humble himself because centurions are, are like leaders of like hundreds of soldiers and, and they, they're commanders. He, he dropped all of that, his, his position, you know, as a Roman and all these different things. He's just like, look, I need you. And see, that's what happens when you, you're being what scripture says you're supposed to be as a Christian 
not a, a religious fake and not a, an oppressive um, judgmental Christian who, who people were like, I ain't talking to him or, or her because she ain't going to show no love. She's just judging me. And, and, and they hide their sin and hide their needs and just stay away from you. But see, Jesus wasn't like that. He, he walked around healing people and showing love and grace and mercy. And obviously this soldier saw that. And he goes and, 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 and chases Jesus down. And, and, and his faith goes through the roof. That's another changed life. That's how we're supposed to be. But see, here today, a lot of Christians just stick with, you know, I, I, we don't talk to people like that. You know, we're too, we're too good to talk to people like that. That's, that's the hated group over there. So we, we got it all wrong. We got it all backwards. Another example, Paul, the Apostle Paul. Now, the Apostle Paul, you know, he was Saul. And at that point, this, Saul was fairly religious, but he got it all screwed up. And, and Jesus is a great example here because he, he came and confronted Saul. And through this confrontation, a loving confrontation changed his life because he's basically telling Saul, you got this thing all wrong. You persecuted me. We won't have to fix this. And he, he came and, and came at, at, at Saul on the Damascus Road in a, in a very, very dramatic way, changed his life, changed his name in the process, and decided to use this person for his glory. Paul becoming one of the greatest apostles in, in all of Scripture, writing most of the New Testament. But see, we, there's like Christians today would see somebody like Saul and would never imagine him as Paul, would never imagine him getting any better, would never imagine, we'd stay away from him, you know, and, and, and on his road to getting to know Jesus, see, some of us are the type of people that would get in his way and, and make him not even want to chase Jesus down. He may never even gotten to meet Jesus on the road to Damascus because running into so many judgmental Christians or people that don't know how to show love and people don't know how to disciple and people don't, that don't know how to show grace and mercy. And Jesus showed Paul grace and mercy when his, when his name was Saul, completely changed his life around and then discipled him, telling him who to go talk to. This is your next step. This is your next move. And see, so I, I give all these examples just to simply say this. And I'm just going to use a, a very blunt example. I'm out in Hollywood. This is where, like I said, I worked out there for, you know, nine years or so. And what I would always see, because my agent, my agency was downtown. It never fails. You go and I'm, you drive past Hollywood Boulevard or you're downtown somewhere and you see all of these. And I don't know. I'm going to assume they were Christians because they say they are. But but I don't even have to assume because I know a lot of people that I know are Christians who do this, but they're down there with their signs. And, and, and it's like they wake up every day to go downtown and just pick it. Y'all going to hell. Y'all going to hell. Got their signs and, 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 and they're picketing and, to you know, just being just it's, it's, it's like it's hateful. It's judgmental. And even for the ones that aren't aggressive with their signs, they're maybe they're quiet. They're just walking around with their signs. You know, the signs don't say things like, hey, come talk to me. I want to tell you about Jesus. A lot of times the signs just say, you know, God hates what you're doing and you're on your way to hell and just all these different things. And I'm just sitting there like. We don't see that example in Scripture. Where where Jesus did something like that is with with is with believers, <laughs> so-called believers. He went into the church and he went to the temple, flipped over the tables, you know, because where you're supposed to know to be, you know, this is supposed to be a house of worship. He's like, y'all turn it into something it ain't supposed to be. That's where Jesus did that. 
But y'all saw how Jesus walked the streets and approached sinners. He wasn't picketing them. He was showing them the truth because he knew they needed it. And I always imagine what if what if some people went down to Hollywood and instead of instead of doing this thing where you 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 got your signs and you're just you know, you're not even trying to build relationships or nothing. You just get down there picketing and yelling at people and tell them they're going to hell and all the different things. What if you went there and there's a group of, of, of guys and, and gals, you know, men and women, and your goal, you really want to see people come to the Lord and y'all meet at a coffee shop or whatever. Maybe it's five to ten again. And you pray and you say, Lord, lead us to someone that we can have a conversation with down here in Hollywood and and give us the words to help them to know you may your will be done in jesus name amen show 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 us mercy today lord show us where the harvest is so we can reap you know let, let's go you know and, and, and you go around and you walk around and you just start meeting people and talking to people and seeing who's willing to come back to, with you to have a coffee and you just start telling them about the lord and and then you and tell them your testimony or whatever the lord leads you to do and then you pray with them and you leave it alone you don't know what they might do with that message. You don't know where they might go with that message. They could be going back to a set and spread it just like the Samaritan woman did. You know, you don't know, but it, but you, but that's not the goal you see. And now I know there's probably some people out there doing that and God bless you. Cause that's how it's supposed to be. You being like Jesus, but I know from being out there, there's a lot of people that that ain't their agenda. Their agenda is just going, just harp down judgment and, and yelling at folks and being all hateful and that on judgmental. That's, that's what you see for the most part. But just imagine if you took the attitude of Jesus that these people need medicine, you know, and, and, and you have it. It would, it would be amazing. But, but that's what we're supposed to do. We're not supposed to be judging the world. So when you're online and when you're on your social media and you see worldly folks that don't know Jesus and they're doing all kinds of stuff and they're in all kinds of sin, they deserve your prayers. They need your prayers. They need you to be praying about how that, that somebody would re reach out to them in a loving, non-judgmental way. You know, what, but you can't sin in the process. I'm not going to become what you are in that in that way. To reach you. I'm not going to start sinning to reach you. If I have to sin to, to win, then that's not of God. But you find a way to do it in a way where you don't sin, but you can impact a person. That's what you're supposed to be doing with the world. When it comes to the church, the people on the inside that claim to know God, that claim to know scripture, and they're mishandling handling it, and they're sinning behind the scenes, and they're doing all kinds of crazy stuff, and you know about it. They're the ones that you're supposed to confront, and you still do it out of love, but they're the ones that you're supposed to, to hold accountable. That's the kind of judging that needs to go on. The inside of the church, not the outside. We got that all wrong, and that's making it hard to win souls because we're judging the wrong people. Here's how I want to wrap this up so you know this ain't TC. This ain't a TC thing. This is coming straight from scripture. I'm just sharing what I read. Um, I'm going to end this by reading a, a passage of scripture. And, and rarely do I do this because I want you to read it for yourselves. But this is just a great way to end this one. And you guys will see where I'm coming from. You can find this passage of scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Okay, just read the whole, um, the whole chapter 5, talking about disorder in the church and expelling the immoral brother. And this is how we're going to wrap this up. Check this out. This is Paul talking. He says, now, and by the way, he's dealing with the same thing that we're talking about, where people are judging the outside of the church, but just not even messing around with the inside, just letting it go. You know, um, he says, actually, I'm going to pick this up at, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chapter nine. It says, I have written you in my letter not to associate 
with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, because in that case, you would have to leave this world. So just let me flesh that out a little bit. It's just basically saying, I've told you not to associate with sexually immoral people, but I'm not talking about the world per se, because if I, because if, if I was talking about the world and saying, don't hang with sexually immoral people, then you can hang around with nobody because there are a lot of sexually immoral people in the world. So that's what he's saying. It's like, I'm not talking about the world. So again, he says, you know, um, don't hang with those people, um, you know, immoral or greedy or swindlers or idolaters. But I'm not talking about the world per se, because in that case, you'd have to leave this world. That's the only way you can get away from them. He says in verse 11. Now he says, but now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone who calls himself a brother, but is sexually immoral or greedy an idolater or a slanderer or a drunkard or a swindler. See how Paul fixed that? He was like, at first I told you don't associate with sexually immoral people, but you might've thought I was talking about everybody like in the world, but then you couldn't do the work of the Lord. You can't tell them about Jesus. You know, you couldn't do what Jesus did with the Samaritan woman or, or Zacchaeus or Matthew or the centurion because like I said in my letter, I said, avoid sexually immoral people. And you can replace the sexually immoral thing with any sin, just like Paul did in this scripture. So he wrote him back again. He says, now I'm writing you that you must not associate with anyone that calls themselves a brother who does these things, greedy, idolatrous. So a sinful person who does it willfully and they call themselves a Christian, you're not supposed to us even, he don't even want you associating with them. He, he ends this by saying, with such a man, do not even eat. Isn't that a trip? The people in the church who, who just openly saying, call themselves Christians, but are just doing all kinds of craziness. It's like, that's the people you're supposed to be avoiding. You pray about them people, be ready to confront them people. But those are the people you're supposed to be avoiding. But we, a lot of Christians do it in reverse. Let me keep going to wrap this up. Verse 12, it says, Paul says, what business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside the church? She's like, you, you judging the wrong people. It's not those outside you should be judging. They don't, they don't have what you have. They don't, they don't, they don't have the Holy Spirit in their heart. They, they don't know Jesus. They don't fear God. But those inside supposedly have all that stuff. And he wraps up this beautifully. He says in verse 13, God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. It's just like God's going to judge the inside. Y'all supposed to take care. Uh, uh, he said God's going to judge the outside. Y'all supposed to take care of the inside. Period. And that's what this is all about. We spend not enough time cleaning up the church and too much time trying to clean up the world. Clean the church up and then we have a better shot at, at winning souls. You know what I mean? Make sure the church is healthy. Then you can heal. The Lord can use you to, to heal the land. You know, they use you to, to, to help those that are sick in the world. That's that's I really wanted to talk about this because I've seen it too much. I've seen people that just are so lenient and accept so much stuff within the church. But judge so harshly the world and those who don't know the Lord. 
That's backwards. You see it in scripture. Again, read 1 Corinthians 5 for yourself and, and read those other scriptures about how Jesus did it. And we have our example and we can ignore anybody who does anything different and, and just really judge mental people. Now, once again, this does not mean get uh, be, become watered down and wishy-washy and compromising with your faith and start sinning with sinners and all those kinds of different things. I mean, we're all sinners, but y'all know what I'm getting at. Just start people who just willfully are just doing all kinds of wrong things out in the world. And you're like, hey, I'm going to hang with you so I can lead you to the Lord. No, that's not what Jesus did. We find ways. We find ways to spend time with these people that is, that is still in a God-honoring way with the goal of winning their soul. And you have to build relationships. Build relationships. Takes time. Get to know them. You know, you always got to preach their head off. Just get to know them. Find a, 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 a biblically sound, God-honoring way to spend time with people who don't know him. And, and let the Holy Spirit lead. You got to pray it through so you know you're doing the right thing and you're in the right place at the right time. And you stand, stand away from sin. That's how you handle the world. And you pray for them. And you show love. And you keep it real. You know? But in turn, but as, as far as the church, you got to stop. You can't you got to stop protecting people in the church that are sinning and all these different things and, and being lenient with it and accepting it and and making excuses for it and not confronting it and not dealing with it and all of that. The, the, and, and spending so much time with them and, and not confronting them and all that. That's wrong. And all it does is make people not trust us. All it does is make people, it's, it's hypocrisy. It's wrong. And we see it all in scripture. It's a big problem. So again, Christians are called to judge. It's right there in scripture. And by the way, this is only one place that I'm showing. There are plenty of places in scripture where uh, the Bible shows us that Christians, how, how and when and where and why we're supposed to judge certain situations, certain people, certain instances. And by judge mean holding accountable, not acting like we're God or anything like that. We're not Jesus. But judging certain situations and being able to confront and rebuke. And Jesus did it all the time with the religious folks. It was his harshest words. He, Jesus is so different from us. His harshest words and rebuke in scripture went to religious people. Those who claim to know him. Those who are doing wrong things in his name. Fake people. False prophets. False you know, preachers and teachers and, and, and people that show no mercy. That, that's where his harshest stuff went to. But his most of his love, his grace, his mercy, his patience all went to people who didn't know him. Because that's that's his mission. He came to seek the lost. That's what he came for. And so I'm I'm challenging us to model that. Okay, so that's the TCS live show for this week. I hope this challenges you. Um, I hope this just brings some things to light. I, I hope you read scripture for yourself and you can get this untwisted truth. I did not need to mess with scripture to make my point. I am just, it ain't even my point. I'm just sharing scripture. It's Paul's point, if you want to. <laughs> Paul made the point. It's just a lot of us just, we don't, we don't, we don't actually just follow it and obey. And I'm challenging us to do that. But if we do this, then we will be more effective as Christians. We will be real uh, with our faith. This is the way it's really supposed to be done. The Bible is a playbook. We just, we just got to execute it and live it out. All right, y'all. Uh, God bless you. Uh, thanks for joining me this week. I hope this encouraged you. Share it with anyone who you know need it. And I will see you next week on the TCS Live show. God bless. Thanks for listening to TCS Live with TC Stallings on the Edify Podcast Network. Tune in next time for another powerful exploration of faith and life.
And for more must-hear podcasts, download the Edify podcast app on the Apple and Google Play stores or at edify.app.